You know it. Oh, uh, the Office theme song. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I knew one. <laughs> you know them. I'm relevant. I feel like you would know them. Oh, the last one I did was like. Um, it was Katie. No. Ari- Ariana Grande or something. Who we don't. Uh, I shouldn't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ariana Grande, who has 100 million Instagram followers. Yeah. It's crazy. That's too many people. I, I would love that. I would love that so much. It doesn't feel like. I can't picture all those people in my hey, head. Hey, if you're that famous, you could say to every fan, here's my cause. Send me a dollar. Send me one dollar. And you'd raise a hundred million dollars for your cause. That's true. That and everybody can do a dollar. Yeah. Well, not everybody, but I could do five dollars to cover the people who couldn't do a dollar and yeah. eventually we'd get to a hundred million dollars. Yeah. I wish she would start a fundraiser for me just to get me a hundred million dollars. Me? I don't have that many fans or followers. No, I wish Ariana Grande oh, would Ariana start. Oh, Ariana Grande. That would be so cool of her. Yeah. $100 million. Okay. I'll, I'll let her oh, know. terrible story I read this morning. Oh, no. A Connecticut school teacher uh-huh. raised $40,000 on Facebook to feed people during the pandemic. Uh-huh. Okay. And um, it started out like he went to bed needing $200 because he had taken some groceries to some older, elderly people. Uh-huh. And it swelled and it became a thing. And he was like, I'm assuming the summer. So he was off, uh-huh. but then he like was also working on his master's for education. So not like uh-huh. rolling in the dough or and you know teachers. Uh-huh. He got a bill from the IRS for sixteen thousand dollars because money given for like, his taxes. Yes, for taxes on that money. Yes, that he used to buy people food during the pandemic. No, uh, no, this is it, right? Like that's obviously wrong. Somebody just needs to have the power to look at it and say, no, this is stupid. That's yeah. wiped out. Yeah. So now he's asking for money to cover his taxes. Yeah. Which then was, will they tax that, that money? Yeah, it's a sick cycle of irony. You have to calculate the percentages and get over the amount so it covers everything. Oh, gross. Gross is right. I hope there's, I don't, I'm not like a litigator, but I hope a lawyer steps in and be like, no, we can fix this. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, Taylor. Uh, yes, Joshua. So much. Well, let me start on a somber note. Okay. I, as you know, take a long time to get how I feel. Yeah. And granted, I am languishing, as we'll talk about later. We are going to talk about languishing. Um, but I am more connected to forms of grief, and one of them is the Derek Chauvin trial. Yeah. Is going to have a verdict this week. Yeah. Presumably. Yeah. Unless something happens, like a hung, tra- hung jury or... Yeah. But... um. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's because I, I spent a lot of time in Minneapolis in college. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I just, I've been thinking about friends that I have that are African American. Uh-huh. And if um, he walks away without any kind of conviction, yeah, I just think there's going to be a renewed grief. Well, I will say, I saw yesterday an account I follow on Instagram called Black Liturgies. Like, it's at Black Liturgies. It's yeah. a very excellent account. Um, and they posted, uh, like, a... A liturgy for preparing your spirit for the um, the results of the Derek Chauvin trial. So I will say, you know, I think I'm going to take a look at that. And I just wanted to recommend it to people as a way to kind of prepare yourself for the fact that a thing we know about the world is that 
justice is not always served. But also this might be a case where justice is served. And so, um, yeah, that's the thing you can take a look at. I follow them on Instagram. I think they're on other platforms as well, but yeah. at Black Liturgies. And that's a city I love, and one way or another, the city's going to suffer too. Well, and there's a lot. I mean, there's stuff. Where is um the Brooklyn whatever? Brooklyn Center? Um, well, the place where... Um, they're having all sorts of like Dante, right? Where yeah, he was. yeah, all of that stuff. I, if I, I'm trying to remember, I think that's Northwest. So you know, St. Paul is the Dallas of the thing. In Minneapolis is the Fort Worth in terms of geography, west and east. Oh, okay. I think Brooklyn Center would be north of Minneapolis. Okay. Kind of on the would be on the perimeter of the. Is it 20 that wraps all the way around DFW? Um. I know it wraps around the bottom. Well, 35 wraps around. Yeah, 20 goes around the bottom. And 30 kind of goes straight through. But 35 wraps like around the sides. I knew that. But does 20 encircle the whole thing? Mm-mm. Okay. So in Minneapolis, St. Paul, it's 694 and 494, like the bottom and the top that does that same thing, uh-huh. wraps a circle. And so whatever the top circle would be in the DFW area, that's where Brooklyn Center would be above Up Fort like Worth. Sort of denton That's a little far north, but okay. yeah, it's um, more immediate. It's Actually, you know what it'd be? It'd be... Um, What's just west of the airport? You got Euless, you got Grapevine. Yeah. Kind of the Grapevine area, maybe. Yeah. Not as nice Grapevine is just west of the airport. They have, it's like called HEB, Hearst Euless Bedford's over there. Yeah. Um, so. Well, that's on my mind and hearts. Yeah. Minneapolis, you're on my mind. Yeah. Okay, Taylor. Joshua. Um, do you know what I am starting to see now when I drive? What? So I have a route where I take foster kids to daycare. Okay. This is where I've seen this twice. So I go through Bellmead. This isn't a Bellmead specific. It's just the one way I actually get out in traffic. Right. So I'm saying, well, people now will, <laughs> they get stickers made of their Insta handle and their like whatever handle. No. And, they, and they put it in their car windows. What? <laughs> yeah. Do these cars look like adults or teenage cars? They look like old Gen Zers are young millennials to me. Well... Old gen, old Gen Zers. Yeah, like isn't twenty four Gen Zer? Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, our young millennials. Uh, uh, but that's funny to me. That is funny. <laughs> I'm gonna start putting that on my scooter. Yes, yeah, so I was gonna say it sounds. It sounds sort of like something you would do. A three thing or to a do. joke about doing. I just think that's funny. Yeah. Advertise me on my car. I, like it. <laughs> I think uh, you know I keep some of my social medias private. And I do like it. I think sometimes I get overwhelmed by the idea of like random strangers I don't know following me. Oh, see, I like that. I like when there's no relationship required. (laughs) What? What a crazy thing to say, first of all. No, okay, here's the thing. I heard this years ago. Okay. You, like, you really only can have 150 friends. Like, really? And friends is overstated. Like you can only have 150 people in your life mm-hmm. that you actually have a, a semblance of relationship with. Okay. Okay. Um, but, you know, as Jesus proved, you get, there's the 12 and there's the three. Mm-mm. So you got to have, you can only, you only have so much relational capacity. So my, That's true. my statement that I can't have relationship with these people is fine. Yeah, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I yeah. just don't. I want to be best friends with everyone in the world. Yeah, I don't. 
I think that might sp- spread you a little thin there. Yeah, definitely. It's also not like feasible, but it's still the desire of my heart. Taylor, tell us what you're eating. <laughs> an avocado toast? Uh, yeah, it's like an avocado fried egg sandwich. You know what I've been doing? What? I've been doing that intermittent fasting. Have you been? Mm-hmm. I think I'm in the window, actually. 11. I haven't eaten since like 8 last night. That's when I stopped eating. So. But I'll wait till noon. I guess I started eating the sandwich before 11. 10.30. <laughs> yeah. Judge. Judged. <laughs> um, well, anyways, I'm doing it more intentionally because I used to snack every night. I cut out the snacks. Mm-hmm. And I've cut out alcohol. Wow. I'm down to like two days a week now. Oh, okay. Not completely. But I'd like to get, though, maybe alcohol free. You know, I don't really drink. I know. You're so impressive that way. Really? Well, for me, that would be impressive. <laughs> I think it's so funny the things that, like, are, like, some people do naturally. Do you know what I mean? Like that not like, drink? Yeah. It's not impressive to me. You know what? Another thing I've been talking to Ben Rayleigh, because he, um, he's been reading on health stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and I've heard this before, but being cold is healthy. Yeah. I heard that, too. Well. I'm a uh, pro at that. I love the, being cold. Here's the. Oh my gosh. Here's the thing. It's like, um, there's so many schools of thought. This is the hard thing about like, um, the true school of thought would say being cold is good about making healthy choices. And also any women will let you know that like they, you know, if they've been on a diet throughout their lives that it's like, they've been on multiple diets. It's like every diet says something different, right? So some diets are like carbs are so bad. This isn't a diet though. This is a temperature thing. Well, but I think there are people who would, I think there are also people who will posit that being warm is better for your body. That is not true. Okay. <laughs> Heat kills. Um, yesterday was so beautiful outside. Yes. Yesterday was a great day. It was. Just it was from the Lord for sure. So gorgeous. Um, yeah. It was really nice, especially because the week before it had been so hot at church. Well, that's true. And I looked, I just, because I had to look to do the newsletter for, uh-huh. to project for Sunday. We're looking at 82 for a high. Okay. Which means that sun, even at 75 or yeah. 70, whatever we are at 1130 will be. But this is our last Sunday at this time. There's our plug. Church will be starting at 930 a.m. on yeah. May 2nd. Ooh. One more plug. Um, Taylor. Yeah. Can I tell you one phrase I don't like? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is interesting. I you know how like people don't like the word M O I S T? Yeah. This I don't know why it's I don't like when people write Fauci ouchy. Fauci ouchy. Yeah. You don't like it? No, at all. Well if you had to source the dislike, where does it come from? I think from? I have it. Okay, great. I think that of course being immunized <laughs> sure. is a source of controversy right now. Okay, yeah. I mean that's a different story. Right. But it's it's not a slam dunking culture right now. And so I feel uh, like it... Is it not a slam okay, dunk? Okay, grant my point for God's sake. <laughs> it's like I, a th- All the it's things a- you want to say, yes, that's true. My point is it's not uncontested. <laughs> that's... Okay, great, yeah. Um, I know. That is a thing I do. I really make people be precise with their language. Yeah, you sure do. <laughs> and I would say precise with their meaning. Yeah. Okay. Fair. So, um, I just feel like Fauci ouchy is like, it feels baby talkish to me. Well, it's not precise. No. Um, I don't know. It just, I don't know why, you know, it's random. Yeah. You don't, and you don't like baby talk. And I don't like, cause 
I think people have feelings about Fauci. Yeah. And I want to separate from like, no, this isn't this isn't a him thing. This is like a good for humanity. Yeah. It's a vaccine. Let's all get a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. You fear that that wording would cause people to unnecessarily not get the vaccine. Also, he, Dr. Anthony Fauci, did not invent the vaccine. No. I don't think he had anything to do with inventing the no. vaccine, actually. So, I think that's fair. I just, I don't know. It's a idiosyncratic thing. I don't love baby talky things either. Yeah. I also don't love when things are overly intimate. Yes. Um, and I do think Fauci Ouchi feels like a sort of overly intimate thing. You know what a thing I hate, a word I hated for a long, 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 long time? What? And I would get really annoyed when people would use it. And I think in growing older, I feel less annoyed hmm. because. I know people now who use it, and it's, like, normal. They okay. use it. The right way? Yeah. No, I don't know about the right way, but it's, like, um, I'll just tell you. The word, like, babe or baby, mm-hmm. it uh, used to really bother me. As a term of affection for someone? Um, As a term of affection for, like, a, a romantic partner. You don't like it? Uh, no. I, now I feel like I know people who use it, and it doesn't bother me. Okay. But when I was growing up, I really hated it. And I think um, I saw a TikTok last night. Okay. And it was talking about, <laughs> this is interesting, uh, horoscope signs. And I don't know much about like what my horoscope sign means. But one of the, the like sound for the video was like someone saying like, I feel like you don't trust me or something like that and the person answering said i barely know you and then the first person said we've known each other for six and a half years and the answerer said like yeah i barely know you and i often feel that way about people like it takes me a very long time to feel like i know someone well and so i think that it's like my friends would start dating someone and they'd be like, babe. And I was like, you don't know that man. You don't know them. Okay. So it's too aggressive with the intimacy. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, you know, some people will use the words like babe very casually. Yeah. Like, I, um, I don't know if this is good or bad. Okay. Usually with females okay. in a commerce exchange. Oh. To be like, here you go, babe. Oh, and yeah. And I'm always like, oh, I feel a little safer. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like maybe in the past few years, maybe it bothers me less because people seem to be using it as just like a you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And not like a like, this is my intimate partner type thing that I'm like. Yeah. The meaning has evolved. Yeah. The connotation. So I think it bothers me a little less. And also then I think it's like now I know people who are married. And it's like, so you definitely know that person really well, you know? Yeah. Or like you are on the way to knowing that person really well in your life or something like that. Hopefully you probably already do before you're married, but... I don't think Lindsay and I use terms of endearment. You don't? I got a little nervous as I was talking because I was trying to remember if y'all... No, I I think I... When we were... Yeah. I'll be dramatic sometimes. Uh Uh-huh. Like schnookums. Oh, yeah. Sure. (laughs) But that's like over the top on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I'm trying to think if Jamie and Adair call each other babe. I would love it. I would it. love to have a video of Jamie using any kind of terms of endearment. I want, okay, I want you to know that. 
Um, I'm obsessed with Jamie and Adair. I love them so dearly. And also the thing about Jamie is, you know, he's Jamie. And so the other day after church a couple weeks ago, I think, it was, he's, I hope he never listens to this because he'll hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he like. He won't. Yeah, he's not going to, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. He like touched Adair on the elbow, like to say hi. Uh-huh. And it just was like, you know, he's so Jamie-like that it's like, I to me, it just was like, oh my God, he's obsessed with her because he's like not very. Um, expressive. With expressive. His... Yeah. And it was just like very tender. And I was like, he just loves her so much. It's, it's Richard Schiff. As it's, he should. Yeah. It's what it is. It is. Yeah. Ooh, much healthier. But yeah. Um, Well, if ouchie, ouchie. <laughs> There it is. Yeah, no, yeah. Don't say Fauci out to Josh. Hey, guess what? What? I saw and loved, was surprised pleasantly. Oh. Like, whoa, didn't know that was there. Mm. Um, Andrew Sabanas Chaffee? Chaffee. Uh-huh. Chaffee? Chaffee. Oh, um, I think Chaffee, but Chaffee. Andrew and let us know. your friend Lauren Weber. Yeah. Cover Billy Jean. I don't think that was Lauren in that video. Oh, he tagged her. Well, you know, Lauren teaches voice for the school okay. of theater. I didn't think it looked like Lauren Weber. Okay. Because <laughs> um, he said that it was last year, so he must have already been living in Atlanta, which I hate. Boo. Come back to wake up. Uh, okay. Well, then my compliment is just for him and whoever. I don't know who that person was then. Yeah. But my goodness, was that great. I know. I didn't know he had it in him. Yeah. Wowzers. I saw him uh, and Lily in, I think, a couple of musicals because they were in our Mikasa, you know? Yeah, you had a good one. And they, yeah, they were so great. And uh, so, yeah, he's great, a great singer and actor. Yeah. I hope he has a huge future. And future theologian. I hope he gets on Broadway and it <gasps> blows it up. Broadway. And then I go watch him. And he like, I knew him. My sister had a friend who was on Broadway before it shut down. That's cool. She was playing one of the characters in Mean Girls. Wow. Karen? She was playing Karen. Wow. Yeah. That's a big role. Yes. It's a big deal. It's Kathleen's best friend's little sister. So. Holy smokes. And then we also have a friend who is in a traveling tour of Les Mis. And he was like one of the. Do you have a friend on Broadway? You're four degrees from Broadway. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. I don't really know Laura Lee that well, but I know Darrell pretty well. That's crazy. Okay. Um, I have a different observation for you. Okay, great. I love it. I was looking and I reviewed. Okay. Now, I abide by the theory that uh, rising tide raises all ships or however that saying goes. Okay. So there's that. But I was thinking this morning. What is it? Rising tides lift all boats? Yeah. Okay. That's what it is. Something like that. That... Okay, Draymond Green. Sure. He was third team, I think second team in 15, 16, and then third team in 16, 17. Okay. I never thought he was good. Um. Okay. I think the Warriors were good, and we needed a reason to explain it. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Now that the Warriors aren't good, he's not even third team anymore, ever. Yeah. Hmm. That's fishy. Did he get ungood, mm. or was he not good to start with? That's and we, suspicious. And we got hysterical about it. I do think we got a little hysterical about the Warriors. And by we, I don't mean me, because I did not. Um, I will say that I think, conversely, Clay Thompson was underrated. I agree. I he agree. was only third team one year, and that guy... Third team one year? Yeah, if I think if I read that right, yeah. 
Kevin Durant, um, I don't even know how we got his information, but I guess someone asked him who are the five best players of all time that he's ever played with, and he put Clay Thompson on that list. Yeah. Um, Hopefully Steph was on there. Steph was on there, Russell, Westbrook. Um, That's three. And James Harden. That's four. And Kawhi. Where do you play with Kawhi? No, Kyrie. Sorry. Oh, yeah. So it's him and all guards. Yeah. He did play with all the best point guards. That's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say that about Draymond. Um, um, you know what? I think, I think though, Draymond offers... Um, an intangible, yeah, a leadership defense. Sure, he's a good assist too, but but no, I don't think it's as if much. If he has to be drawn out by great players in great seasons, then he's not good. No, uh, yeah, I don't think Draymond Green is like an all-time great or something like that. But when I say intangible, I mostly mean like um, it's the moments where like you know he's like causing a scene or it's it's very like Dennis Rodman esque. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. do think that, like, he's an emotional leader on the court. Special teams. Yeah. Yeah. Those, you know, the Bulls, like, um, in 96 and the Warriors in what, whenever it was, 15, 16, like, they always have a guy doing something emotionally. Do you know yeah, what I mean? That's true. And also being like a, Causing a scene, kind of. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. so that's the purpose he served. And I think, you know, if people want to reward that for like one season, that's an okay thing to reward. Yeah. Okay. Counter argument made and accepted. Okay. Good. I bet third team, second team, second team. Yeah. He was the second best power forward in the NBA that year. No. No. Well, but that's it. We all, I mean, it's, this is very much the argument for like any sort of thing. We're all using our own lenses all the time. And so oh, in that true. year, I guess they thought that even though from here, it's like very easy to see like that was not the case. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have one more thing before we go to quiz, but it's related to quiz. So I wanted to pause and see if you have things. Oh, it's related to the quiz? Yeah. Oh. Um, that's what prompted the quiz. I'm looking for a new show. I've been watching The Amazing Race, which I love watching. Did you ever watch The Amazing Race? Yes. Oh, yeah. You're, we talked about this before. And Roy had an Amazing Race-themed birthday party, which is amazing. Um, so I'm looking for a new show. And also, I watched a Promising Young Woman this weekend. Is it a movie? It is a movie. On HBO? Um, no, Amazon Prime. Promising Young Woman. Yes, and I think it's been uh, nominated for some like Academy Award. Who stars in it? Carrie Mulligan. Okay. Um, Is she the one that was um, in... The Great Gatsby. Oh, I don't know. That's not who I was thinking. Oh, who were you thinking? Oh, I was thinking Carrie Washington. Oh, okay. Carrie Mulligan. Uh-huh. I'll have to take another shot at that. <laughs> she... <laughs> <laughs> she played Daisy in okay. The Great Gatsby. I got to see that, but I want to read the book first. The Great Gatsby? Mm-hmm. Oh, you've never read it? No. I feel like it was um one of those required. Assigned, yeah, I think it's probably homeschooled or something. Oh, right. I forgot. I forgot. I'm just kidding. It was homeschooled in elementary school. Oh, only? Yeah. I went back in seventh grade. Oh. Okay. 
Um, well, would you recommend the woman show? What was it called? <laughs> Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman. Maybe. Yeah, I would. Um, Is it a dramatic piece? Yes. Is it uh, about feminism? Yeah. Okay. And sort of, you know, trigger warning, it is about sexual assault. Okay. All um, right. Yeah. Well, I'll put it on the list of possibilities. Yeah. So this is like a, her, she has a friend, they're in med school. You don't see any of this. This is pre the movie. And her friend is sexually assaulted. They both end up dropping out of med school and this is like, I think five or six laters, five or six years later. Wow, laters. Five or six years later, like sort of dealing with the aftermath. Okay. Um, it's sort of, I know that there's a lot of critiques of it. There's, it's sort of, it's dark humor. It's sort of campy. Um, campy in what way? Uh, campy in the way that term is usually used about movies i don't actually know the definition of it. oh you know what i saw carrie mulligan in what an education education yeah and education is the name of the movie oh i don't think i've seen that movie well is it's it, insane would you recommend it i'm trying to remember it actually it was one of those it felt like an indie movie that we watched at random one night yeah so i get that all right yeah so i would Recommend with caveat. Yeah, like you need to make sure you're in the mood for the movie. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's uh, my last talking point that's going to turn into a quiz. Okay, great. So I was at the Barnes & Nobles this weekend. Oh, wow. Purchasing a copy of the um, Universal Christ. Okay. Because I'm reading that and I had borrowed it from Reset. I'm like, no, no, no. This has got to be one to underlined and noted. So I need my own copy. Mm-hmm. And I had, they had paperback, so I only had to pay $16. Oh. And I was perusing the Harry Potter section, as I'm often prone to do, because mm-hmm. I like toys. Yeah. And in that same area, I, I get to an end cap. Okay. And guess what it is covered completely from head to toe with? I don't, I don't, can I get a clue? Yeah, I texted you about it. Oh, <laughs> with friends? Yeah, all friends stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on? Did they get rebooted or something? Or what's, what's? No. Um... And it was all new stuff. It wasn't like the residue of. Yeah. It's like they're pushing friends again all of a sudden. Yeah, they experienced a renaissance when they got put on Netflix, but then they've been taken off Netflix now. Okay. Well, that's it didn't make sense to me that there was a random new end cap full of friends stuff. Who could know, man? Could know. Okay. Well, that takes us, though, to our quiz. Okay, great. For the sitcom that dominated most of the 90s and the early part of 2000s yeah. that stood between Seinfeld and The Office... I give you Friends as the most significant cultural. You know what I was just thinking? I wonder if Friends is the one that like, I mean, I guess uh, y'all would have been really young, but me too. I wonder if it's like Millennial Show. Not really? No, I think it's a Gen X show. It's a Gen X show. Okay. All right. Because they were the same age as them. Yeah, that's true. They were, I was like a teenager when it first came out. Yeah. All right. Which city, question number one, 27 questions, is Friends set in? You have choices, but I'm only going to do it. Yep. What is the title of the Friends theme song? Oh, gosh. Is it, is I'll Be There For You an option? Yep. That's it. Yay. What's the name of the coffee shop used by the characters? Central Perk. Yep. What instrument does Phoebe Buffet play? The guitar. 
What hangs on Monica's purple door? Um, this is iconic. It's one of the things for sale. In the like, uh, what is it though? Like a picture frame? Yep. Okay. The key, the peephole is that what's called? Yeah, it's a picture frame it's, around the yeah, people to suggest that you're looking at somebody in a picture when you look up. Yeah. Okay, what's the name of Rachel's hairless cat? Can I get the options? Baldy, Mrs. Whiskerson, Sid, or Felix? <laughs> um, Felix. This is not a quiz where it gives you the right answer until the end, so I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Listener, if you want to tell us. Yeah. What's the name of Phoebe's alter ego? Her alter ego? Yeah. Oh, um. If I give you the choices, you'd get it. I'm going to need the choices, though. I can't Phoebe Needy, Monica Bing, Elaine Baines, Regina Falange. Regina Falange. Okay. Who is Chandler and Joey's TV magazine addressed to? Ms. Chandler Mrs. Bong? Mrs. Chandler Bong. Bong, yep. Okay. What kind of uniform does Joey wear to Monica and Chandler's wedding? <laughs> uniform? Yeah. Um, what are the options? Chef, soldier, firefighting, baseball player. I want to say chef, but I think it might be, or I want to say soldier. I think that's right because they get married in Vegas and he's working at Caesar's Palace. Okay. And he's dressed as a a Greek Spartan kind of figure, that kind of soldier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or is it where he does the wedding in a military uniform? I can't remember. For some reason, I can't. I think he might do it in a military uniform. Okay, maybe I'm okay. All right. Who sang the Friends theme song? Oh, um, I don't think I know that. The Banksies, the Rembrandts, the Constables, the Da Vinci Band. The Rembrandts. Yes. Actually, I do. What's the name of the grumpy person who works at the coffee shop? Gunther? Yes. I don't think of Gunther as that grumpy. What's Janice most likely to say? Oh, my God. What job did Chandler do? Nobody knows. You have four choices. Okay. Data processor, stand-up comedian, journalist, social media influencer. Data processor. Yes. I didn't check, but I think that's right. He's a, at one point, Rachel says he's a trans monster. <laughs> uh, which Kent Friends character plays Dr. Drake Ramore on the show Days of Our Lives? Joey. What is Chandler's middle name? I actually don't know the answer. What are the options? Muriel, Jason, Kim, Zachary. Muriel, I think. That's what I thought, too. That's the funniest answer, so... What does Joey never share? His books, food. his inf- yeah. Joey doesn't share food. What does Ross work as a professor in season six? No, where? Sorry. Where? NYU. That's got to be it because it's Yale, Stanford, Harvard, and NYU, and he's always in New York. So yeah. What is Monica skilled at? Cooking. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a choice. I'm assuming that's right. Yeah. Nineteen out of twenty-seven. What song is Phoebe best known for? Smell like that. What pet did Ross own? Marcel the monkey. Yep. Which of the following was working was a working title for the show before they settled on Friends? <laughs> I don't know. The Goofy Paleontologist, Six of One, Mates, Squad Goals. I think Six of One. That's what I was going to say. In which city were the show's iconic opening credits filmed? New York City, I think. That would be my guess, too, but I bet that's not right. All right. What is Monica's job? She's a chef. 
Um, what accent does Ross start doing when he's teaching a class? <laughs> I think an English accent. That would be it's Scottish, English, Irish, Welsh. I mean, oh. as Americans, we wouldn't know the difference anyways. I know. <clears throat> what address does Chandler give Janice to write to? <laughs> um, Ready? Yeah, it's like 40. One Yemen Drive or something. I'm in, wow, number one Yemen Road, Yemen. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's very good. That's an answer you got that I don't think many people get, Ooh. especially without prompt. Right. What does Phoebe not believe in? <laughs> I think dinosaurs. Evolution, trains, space, or the color blue? Evolution, trains, space. I think evolution. Okay. Ross is very upset about it, whatever it is. Which friend dates Paola? Paolo. Paolo? Yeah. I think Rachel. Yeah, I think that's right. All right. Well, I can't get answers, I guess, unless I answer them all, and I didn't. So. You didn't answer them all? No. I just, the ones we were certain of, I didn't even click. Oh. <laughs> so, I, well, friends, if you know the answers that we got wrong, please. Let us know. Let us know. Taylor, I think you did really good, though. Thank you. I'm pretty good at, like, uh, like I played a Harry Potter Trivial Pursuit with the Rayleighs and yeah, I would love that. Kathleen and Carrie and Allie one time. And I, like, narrative um, details are easy for me. They come easily. You know why? Because you're present and you pay attention. That's really kind. Yeah. That's a nice way to think about it. All right. Well, Taylor, you know what it's time for? Mm, our sponsor. It's a time for a word from our sponsor. Woohoo! Taylor. Yeah. Some days I wake up and I'm like, you know what I would just love for lunch today? What? Sushi. Yeah. And you know where I go for that? Where? Well, most often to be on a H-E-B. Because they have good sushi too. Really? But if you want to go out and get that and say a little bit of edamame, uh-huh. maybe you want just a, a side of fried rice that's just delicious, or you want a great lunch special, mm-hmm. you know where I recommend you go? Where? I think you should go to Teriyaki Park. Oh, I love Teriyaki for Park. For a wide variety of the most up-to-date, cutting-edge sushi that's prepared <laughs> in a healthy manner in a way that's going to give you such a good dining experience. Uh-huh. I can't recommend the Teriyaki Park enough. No. And they have good lunch specials. That's what I'm saying. Wow. When I was a park ranger and I could barely afford to eat anywhere, uh-huh. the one thing I'd let myself do is go get the lunch special over at Teriyaki Park Ooh. because, wow, was that a good price for a great amount of food. Yeah. So... If you have never been, please go by at twenty two or two twenty South Second Street in Waco, Texas. Mm-hmm. That's two twenty South Second Street. And what's it right next to? It's Wingstop there, I think. Uh-huh. Um, it's kind of across from Spice Village. On, yeah. Um, on it's Second Street, but it's down it's Franklin like down there. Down from Bangkok, right? Yeah. Yeah. And or yeah. look them up online or call 254-714-1416. 254-714-1416. Yay. And we're back. We're back. Well, Taylor, I got a feeling this might be a short main section. In fact, this is going to be a short episode, but that's okay. Yeah. Because sometimes we talk too long. That's true. Um, so we seem to be observing. Yes. It seems to be in the air. Uh-huh. That we are entering a particularly difficult, exhaustive form of the year. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We should say academically for those folks, mm-hmm. this is usually the case. It's the finals weeks. We're getting yeah. close. Yeah. Is, is that right? We're at the end of April. Good. Two weeks left before we're in the thick of it. I think because of the way they've set up the semester, it's like, I think they're done 
by the like beginning of May. Yeah. So it's a little early this year. We also had a friend observe very astutely the other week that mm-hmm. there's going to be a, a different kind of grief that erupts here in the pandemic. Right. Which is, yay, we can all be together. Oh, not quite. Right. Um, so I think that's true. And in different forms, that's taking some expression. Mm-hmm. Well, anyhow, we, um, we took a look at an Adam Grant article in the New York Times mm-hmm. about a, a third category of being that's mental health concerning which is called languishing languishing and i feel like that's such a descriptive helpful way to even describe it without having a definition yeah it does feel like the word itself just is like does it language because it's um one of the things that i read was said that it's not so much uh that we're depressed it's that we're languishing yeah which is a struggle with motivation Mm -hmm. a struggle with focus a general thing gets cited that every time you hear the Simpsons character say, meh, uh-huh. it was languishing. And I can say I have been languishing recently. Yeah, me too. Definitely. We're in a languishing period in America. Maybe in the world. Maybe in the world. So how can we overcome languishing? Or do we need to overcome languishing? What a great question. I think that um, sometimes... We just let ourselves languish a little bit. Like we sit in our, you know, like anything else. Make friends with the pain. Yeah. We sit in our feelings. We feel them completely. Mm. But also, you know, I think this was probably a couple of months ago, but I was feeling languish. I was languishing even then. And I felt, um, I just felt like I'd been languishing for a long time. I didn't have the word for it yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I took to Instagram and I kind of said like, you guys, I just need, what are your like tips for when you're feeling this way? Mm-hmm. Um, did I say Instagram? That's what I took to. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a lot of great advice, which was lovely. Um, but one of, piece, one of the pieces of advice that I got um, was... From Lindsay Yaros, a great yeah. UBCer. And um, she, uh, she kind of said, sometimes you just have to sit in it. And that is a great piece of advice. But also it's like, I think what I replied back to her was like, it's been like four or five days of sitting in it. So like, I feel like I need to respond to it. Move forward. Can yeah. I, before we get out of this, because I think this is the right suggestion is to respond. But as somebody who never sits with any emotion long enough, mm-hmm. I don't think I can ask you what it's like to do that because you do that naturally and it's like you don't know what you do well as easily. Yeah. What does it feel like when you don't sit with emotion long enough? What happens? Well, it's I don't think it's that I don't sit with it long enough, but it's like I either sit with it or I don't at all. Do you know what I'm saying? Like. And what's the side effect of not sitting with it at all? I actually end up feeling it for way longer. Oh, poor me. Yeah. I've actually been feeling everything forever. Uh, yeah. Yes, huh. exactly. That might be true. And so it's like, um, so if I don't deal with, if I don't go into the languishing, I'm going to be languishing for even longer. Yeah. Maybe that's what you were doing then. Maybe you weren't actually greeting it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I do think that's true. Is it's like, sometimes it's like, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel that negative emotion or whatever. And it's like, I think it's such a tricky thing. It's like being human. Everything is so tricky because it's like sometimes 
um, for me, an emotion that I'm feeling is actually like someone else's emotion. You know, that's one of the things that twos do. We like feel the feelings of other people and that's not helpful really for me to feel, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'll do that instead of feeling my own emotions. And so it's like I have to sit with my emotions, feel my emotions, and that is actually the only way that I can move through them. Like the only way out is through, you know? Yeah. And so I I try to do that as often as I can. That's a good point. And I think that's the thing about like um, when I'm having a day that is sad or I'm bummed out for a million reasons or um, I'm languishing. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course here, right, like we should be clear to say that like we are not talking about like um, depression in the way that it is like characterized as like sort of you know a mental health concern that is that is something that you might require help from a mental health professional you might require a like um medical diagnosis or a you know some medicine to deal with that but like there are times when I'm sad and it's like I'm not depressed but I don't feel great about it you know yeah um so there is a distinction between the two things and I think languishing is like one of those things that it's not like you pull yourself out of it or anything, but it's like you process it, you feel it, you move through it. Um, and the move through, but I think the move through it thing is also an important piece for me, you know? Yeah. Like I have to embrace the feeling, really let myself feel it. And then, um, make some choices to move through it. Do you, cause if I, let's take out of the pandemic. Okay. Even in a regular, like I have, the way I wake up is I have goals, little yeah. goals every day. Yeah. And if I don't get them done, I really, it really throws me off. Yeah. And if I have a Saturday where I'm just lazy and don't do anything, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I can enjoy the evening. Like I haven't earned it. Oh, wow. Um, and so the languishing thing is like, it's lethal for me. Yeah. It's not just, and probably in an unhealthy way, like in a. I probably should languish sometimes, mm-hmm. but I can't. Right. So it's this all feels especially devastating to me, I think. Yeah. Well, then, and so then how do you, when you get to the evening and you're like, I don't deserve to enjoy this, what do you, how do you remind yourself that's not true? Oh, I don't. I go work until I feel like I've earned it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I think that's hard. I think we are really living in a time and we have been for like at least a year now where it's like the thing to remind that we are constantly having to remind ourselves the thing that is is a thing that is hard to remember which is right that like we are not earning or striving our like deservingness mm. like that already fully exists within us because we are created by god yeah but it's hard to remember that, I think, especially in the society that we live in now, where we've been taught that striving is, like, really the only way to be deserving of something. It is a three society, that I'm told. Yeah, that's what they say. Um, well, I will say this. Okay. So, Adam Grant, who wrote the article, uh-huh. does make two suggestions. Yeah. 
Uh, the second of which I really can relate to and is really helpful. Okay. So it's set a small goal, something okay. that's achievable. Yeah. Um, that really gets me going. So here's an example. Yesterday, we had church. Then we had a lead team meeting. Yeah. So this was like my work work. And then I had this period from three till seven mm-hmm. where I could kind of get things done. And I had a friend come over and we hung out for a while. But then um, I hadn't done anything and I had felt it. So <laughs> You'd already done so many things. You preached a sermon. My mom <laughs> was working on like some flowers. Okay. And there was like a tree that needed to be cut down. Uh-huh. So I cut down that tree and I cut it up and I moved brush and I just felt so good when I was done. Yeah. And then she planted flowers and like we renewed this area. In your backyard? And I felt so much better having done something. Yeah. And then I went for a run and did exercise. I think that's good. Um, that those things make you feel good and you did them. Do you know what I mean? Like, Well, work is a, a surprisingly powerful full antidote in my life yeah so here's another story i can share for you this is just ridiculous in every way so i'm not okay so i was watching the packers playoff game when they're playing the buccaneers uh-huh. which obviously they lost because the bucks went on to win the super bowl yeah and we were down like maybe a touchdown i don't know and they're at like the 50 yard line and there was 10 seconds left uh-huh. and i knew like okay the one thing you don't do is give up the touchdown right, right? as a as a couch coach yeah and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And it was especially aggravating because, like, I just in my head, like, don't, this is the only, don't let this happen. Right. Like, it's a momentum thing. It's going to ruin the game. If this happens, it breaks it wide open. And the exact thing. I was so, like, I got up and I slammed my foot down. Mm-hmm. And I was embarrassed because there was, I had an audience. I mean, we had, and, like, I was so mad. You had, like, people over or just, yeah. like, your family? Well, and, and Kareem was there. Okay. I was so mad for someone upstairs to do something. And then I just sat down. And I started working on the newsletter for the next day. And it was so cathartic. Yeah. To throw that anger at something productive. Yeah. To take me out of my anger. Yeah. Like, okay, I can't control that. I'm going to control this. Here's something I can do. I do think that, um, you know, like I was saying earlier, I think my, the danger for me is that I sit in a feeling too long or not at all. Mm-hmm. And I do think um, that it's like, that's good that you know that if you're experiencing an extreme emotion, you have like a a thing you can do that will help you deal with it. Yeah. And then I think the thing is like the danger of it is like if you always are doing that instead of and not letting yourself experience the emotion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's but like the gift and curse of things, I guess. Here's a question for you. Okay. So you said you did do some things. You preached a sermon. Yeah, you did. And, and like for me, I guess a sermon's kind of an objective thing, but like at this point doing church and like a leadership team meeting, mm-hmm. because they're highly people emotionally oriented things, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like all I feel like I did was like add on this weight of thing I can't do anything with, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I hear you saying So that. I don't, that kind of work does never feel like work to me either. It feels like I just created space for unproductivity. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's interesting that you say that because just like, um, like definitionally speaking, what? That's not, well, I guess by definition, like the sermon moment is your job. Uh, yeah. The sermon moment may be a little more, um, but yeah, but so are the other pieces of it, you know? Yeah. 
I just, I like love you couldn't Mondays. just be like, I can't go to leadership team meetings for right. like ever. Someone would eventually be like, that's your job. Right. <laughs> you have to do that. No, but like Mondays, I format the newsletter. Uh-huh. I record a podcast. Uh-huh. I do one-on-ones. Yeah. I, I got tick, 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 tick. And I like, I start a thing and I'm done and it feels so good. That is so strange though because one-on-ones are also by definition like but I people. Have, I have a set of questions. I have goals. But I get it done. I don't know that that's what one-on-ones work. Oh, it's to help me be connected to you all. Yeah, but that how does how does that feel different than like a lead, the leadership team meeting or like Sunday other than I get overwhelmed with at a certain amount of people. Okay, okay, so it's like it's just two of us. On, and I don't on like a Monday. I don't like spaces where people can all share their feelings and then I'm expected to do something with it because I don't understand what's just been said. But we share our feelings in one-on-ones. There's only one of you. Is it me? <laughs> okay. We just get cut off. We did. You I had think just it's... asked if you were the only one who's the one with emotions. No, I meant there's only one person to deal with that in a one-on-one. That shares their emotions. Or there's only one person sharing their emotions at a time. Yes. So you can kind of ask clarifying questions. And I said that I can translate the emotions back into the objective and do something with them. Why do you want... That's so strange. What do you mean? Why do you want to do that? Because how you feel is is doesn't mean anything. No. False. Okay, right now. Feelings are important. Yes, feelings are important, but they don't produce any results this is okay so let's do this what what feeling are you feeling right now annoyed no what feeling are you feeling um uh, well maybe annoyance right yeah right so what do you want your annoyance to do or do you want me to attach to your annoyance no what do you want to happen i would like for you to change your mind (laughs) see you want me to change you want something to happen yeah because of my feeling so i have to translate the feeling okay she's annoyed Okay, what's going, what's she annoyed about? She's annoyed that I don't think feelings are real. Okay, why would that be annoying? Because it delegitimizes um, feelings. And I, to interact with people, I have to take feelings seriously. And all these things, right? So you yeah. want a different result based on the feeling. Yeah, but if I didn't have the feeling... So I have to translate that stuff. Yeah, but if I didn't have the feeling, there would be nothing to translate. I know, Jamie's kind of that way. So the feeling in that's how I've had to shift in how I read Jamie. Jamie's certainly emotional, but a lot of times the data is just the data. Yeah. And you just got to read the data. No, that's, I mean, yeah, I guess. But we all, when we read data, we're all making choices about how we're reading it. Yeah. Well, that's because um, of feelings and postmodernism. Yes. And feelings. Yeah. So, yeah. This is so interesting, though. So, to go back, though, give yourself space. Well, we I don't think we had gotten to this. Oh, so we talked about that and then. Yeah. So, Adam Grant says two things. One is do some, set small goals to accomplish something, yeah. which is the thing I like. Yeah. And the thing you like was give yourself long interrupted periods. Give yourself space. some in a, in a uninterrupted time. Yeah. It talks about productivity. Yeah, praise the Lord for that. And how uninterrupted time increases productivity. I know that's true. That's yeah. definitely true of sermon writing. I can tell you that for sure. Uh, that makes sense to me. To be creative, you need long, uninterrupted periods. You to... know, I always feel like to write sermons, yes, that's true. 
also I do think it's important to figure out what your time of day is where you're most like productive. What's yours? And creative. Mm, mine is like 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. Wow. Mine is like 9 a.m. to noon. Yeah. Um, yes, mine is like very late at night. And, but also, I have to like really sit with something before it can become a sermon. I agree with that. You do? Mm Mm-hmm. You have to like... Ingest it. Yeah. It just has to like roll around in my brain. Yeah. And then also I find when I'm writing sermons, a lot of times I have an idea of where I think they're going, Mm -hmm. but then they go somewhere different. Yeah. That's the muse at work. That's one of the really exciting parts of creating. Yeah. Is you have a partner. Yeah. A mysterious partner Uh that works with you. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? I, here's the thing. People who listen to our podcast, they like tell me that they listen and they are like, oh, you know, they text us and say like, I liked when you guys talked about this thing. Mm-hmm. And also, which is great. And I'm so thankful for that. But is it ever crazy to you that it's like, we're just talking? Yeah. But... And sometimes I even get annoyed with myself, but then I think that's colloquial and that's, we're like hardwired for that to be why, like, um, like that's what's attractive to our appeals to our affections and senses. Okay. So you want the thing to feel like they're sitting in the room with us. This has been described to us before by Liz. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I get that. Yeah. That's like when I listen to Armchair Expert, I love Dax. It's a good mix of both. Hmm. Um, cause he really is, can rigorously interview people, mm-hmm. but then him and Monica do the thing at the end where they just talk and it's very human to life. Yeah. So. I, I don't think I've ever listened to Armchair Expert. I don't know that you'd like it. I don't know that I would either. So it's not for everybody. Um, I think cause, um, what is that? What's his last name? Shepard. Shepard. Tech Shepard. He um. He seems kind of aggressive to me. He's an eight. But I, I, I normally we like have a listener eights. who's disagreed with us about this, but I stick to the fact that he's an eight. I thought he was a seven. Somebody told me he was a seven. He's. I think he's eight seven wing. Oh okay. But he loves conflict. But I don't mind conflict. Like. I don't know what to tell you. I know. Um, and I like listening to rigorous discussion and I just don't, I don't know. I think he seems like he thinks he knows it all. He's confident and he's confident. He's well, but this is eight, right? Like he'll, he would rather say his opinion yeah, and then figure out he's wrong later yeah, than tiptoe. Yeah. But I think he's very humble too. Like okay, he I mean, lets Monica correct him all the time. To be fair, I like I said, I haven't listened, so maybe I would yeah. love it. Um, yeah, it's just it, it's funny to me. It reminds me of like towards the end of seminary. Did you ever get to a place where like you were writing a paper? This is actually an interesting question. You're writing a paper. Um, this really happened in my last couple of semesters that I will be writing a paper. You know, on like, uh, whatever. Like, let's say I'm writing a paper on BART for 
Kimlin Bender. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, there's nothing I could write that Kimlin Bender right. does not already know about Karl Barth or anything I could even pause it or like put forward as an idea that he would not be like, I've already thought about that for 17 years. Well, I had to get over that too, but right. The reason they're making you do it is for you. Right. I, yeah, but it's still just as weird. It does seem absurd to me. Like, why am I going to write this really elementary paper (laughs) on facts? You've read a hundred times and put them together so you can be bored and read this 15 page (laughs) paper that you have a hundred of now. Yeah. It's like, being a professor. Well, hey, I actually have to wrap it up because okay. I have a lunch. So, listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode. There are a few things on my list I forgot that were important, but I'm going to save them for next week. Okay. I have some good data on um, the pronunciation. Well, I don't know if it's pronunciation, but the saying Latinx. Some oh, good, that's right. Some good data. Yes, I'm excited to talk about that. Okay. All right, friend. Bye. Bye. <laughs>